0: Welcome to this Under the Covers episode of Charlotte Reader's Podcast, where authors give voice to their written words.
1: This is the Friday version of Charlotte Reader's Podcast, where host Landis Wade and his author guests get under the covers.
0: That's right. We get in and out because there are just too many interesting books and engaging authors in the region and not enough time.
1: And just like the longer version of the show, you'll learn interesting facts about the authors and their books, and the authors will read their work.
0: And also, like the longer version, you will find images, links, and information about the authors in the show notes at ReadersPodcast.com.
1: Support for Charlotte Readers Podcast is provided by Park Road Books, the oldest and only independent bookstore in Charlotte, conveniently located in Park Road Shopping Center, and by Charlotte Mecklenburg Library a connector of readers, leaders, and learners with 20 locations and a 24-hour online presence.
0: We're also grateful to those of you who offer member support, for which I'm pleased to offer in return, member-only content curated with our authors and myself. You can find out more about this member-only content and how you can help authors give voice to their written words at charlottereaderspodcast.com.
1: When Landis is not getting under the cover at bookstores, at events, and on the road, he does it in the well-equipped podcast studio at Advent Coworking, located in the Belmont community near Uptown Charlotte.
0: But enough with the prologue. Let's get under the covers. I'm your host, Landis Wade. Thank you for listening. Hey, listeners. Today, uh, I'm visiting with Sandy Hill and talking about her five novels. Sandy's written four historical novels, three set in North Carolina and one in Pennsylvania. And she has one gentle murder mystery, Deadline for Death, set in Charlotte. Uh, Sandy's a lifelong reader who wrote her first short story at age 10. She's fascinated with language, having learned Braille, sign language, and most recently Spanish. She's a lifelong volunteer, a member of the Charlotte Writers Club and many other organizations and is married to a kindred spirit, she says, a novelist himself. Sandy, welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah, so Sandy, you've been at this uh, writing thing uh, a while. You know, Dennis, your husband, is going to be on this show, too, and I kidded him about the fact that you've uh, got uh, five books. Uh, he's got two. You're three ahead of him. You're going to keep that lead? You're going to, <laughs> <laughs> you're going to let him catch up? You know? I'll have <laughs>
2: to think about that. you
0: have to think about that? You got another couple of books in you, you
2: think? I have plenty of other books in me. Yeah. and I love to write.
0: You love to tell stories, right? Yeah. I do. Now, you shared some information with me about your past, uh, which I found Interesting on a number of levels. First of all, you were a very active person, right?
2: This is true. I am. I I enjoy staying busy.
0: Well, you ice skated until uh, what? Age what? I mean, you were like. Uh,
2: I was about in my, let's see, I'd already met Dennis. So I guess I was in my uh, late 50s, maybe, uh, when I I quit.
0: You said you quit because uh, your children were worried you might fall on these frozen surfaces and yet you were involved in taekwondo at the time too right
2: (laughs) i was i was i've always been an athletic person as well as someone who likes to to read
0: so so dennis is on his p's and q's around you right taekwondo and ice skating and all that good stuff yeah uh
2: right i have them under my thumb I'm i'm sure not
0: not okay well um you did. Uh, you, you do lift weights. Uh, you, you walk daily. You've done that for, for many many years. You said you grew up skating on frozen ponds, but you also said to me that you uh, you grew up poor. Grew up poor in Pennsylvania and uh, worked your way through school, and uh, and that somehow has influenced your writing.
2: Uh, I think it has. Particularly, it influenced the blue car, which is set in the mountains in North Carolina and deals with a a young girl age twelve who who is poor. And uh, it helped me uh, to make that realistic. And with Bonds of Courage, I knew what it was like to uh, uh, to go out on a frozen morning uh, with uh, the blue car. I knew what it was like to go out into a uh, outdoor privy in summer with the wasps or in winter when you're freezing. Uh, all those things helped me bring some sensory experiences, I think, to those novels in particular. And actually, uh, Tangled Threads is set at the turn of the uh, 19th century, so it, uh, it helped me with that, too. Mm.
0: Yeah, we're going to get under the covers with those books here in just a moment. Uh, but reading and writing and interest in language is something you've had most of your life, right?
2: This is true and still right. do.
0: I mean, uh, you were writing stories at a young age, and uh, you said you learned Braille, sign language, and most recently Spanish. So what gives here, Sandy?
2: Languages fascinate me. Uh, They fascinate me on many levels. They're a challenge. They're an opportunity to connect with other people. Through learning Spanish, I've been able to... uh, connect with uh, some of the Hispanics in our community, and in particular, I teach them English as a second language. I've helped people get their citizenship. Uh, I learned Braille because I was at home not working with a baby and was bored, but I was able to use it to uh, Braille a cookbook for a young bride. Hmm. They've all been very rewarding.
0: And you were an editor at the Charlotte Observer for a number of years, and uh, has that helped your writing, or is it somehow got you uh, fly-specking uh, pages as you, as you start as you go along.
2: Uh, it's helped and it's hindered. Yeah. It's helped because only once in my whole writing career have I suffered from writer's block. Mm. It is hindered because my first drafts are incredibly short, mm. uh, and, and because that's what you learn in the newspaper business. keep it tight. And so I uh, have to uh, learn I had to learn to let the story breathe and to expand.
0: Okay, so before we dive under the covers, just uh, talk about book covers for a second. One of the books you're going to read from today uh, is Bonds of Courage, and on that on that front cover, it looks like this could be a uh, a river sort of set in the foothills. Maybe I don't know where, where would this be set here.
2: That is actually the Susquehanna River in Towanda, Pen- uh, near Towanda, Pennsylvania. Uh, I am from Towanda, Pennsylvania. Rivers are in almost all my novels for some reason. I grew up on a river. Uh, and in Bonds of Courage, uh, one of the characters flees downstream the Susquehanna, and so that seemed like a fitting cover for it.
0: Mm. Okay, you ready to get under the covers with me? Let's go. Uh, all right, let's go. All right.
1: If you like our mission of helping authors give voice to their written words, please consider leaving a short written review about Charlotte Reader's podcast on Apple Podcasts or the podcast platform of your choice. Because when you leave a review, it helps authors reach more listeners.
0: You can keep up with news about the show and member only content for our member supporters by joining our email list. We promise not to spam you because, well, that takes too much time. And if you do join the list, we will give you a free ebook written by me, the first book in the Christmas Courtroom Trilogy.
1: Charlotte Readers Podcast is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. For more information, go to queencitypodcastnetwork.com.
0: First book, Deadline for Death. What's going on there?
2: I decided I wanted to write a book, and I chose a mystery because I thought a mystery would be rather structured. I would have to have suspects. I'd have to have uh, clues, uh, things that would help me to uh, hang a structure in my first novel. Mm -hmm. Uh, And also operating on Write What You Know, although I veered after that. Uh, I said it in a, a mythical Charlotte newspaper. <laughs> a, uh, mythical,
0: a mythical Charlotte news. as if there were a lot of Charlotte newspapers <laughs> to, ch- to choose from. Right,
2: uh, right. Yeah. Well, I have to say the um, the physical layout is based exactly on the old Charlotte Observer building, but the characters yeah. are, are different.
0: Yeah, and you say that in that book along the way that, uh, you know, there's a quest to find a killer, but uh, the person who's searching must cope with a family secret. That's been buried for many years, and a secret that threatens uh, one of her important relationships. Right.
2: That's true. I guess another theme, perhaps, that runs through all of my books is secrets, the uh, effects of secrets on relationships, both positive and and negative.
0: Mm. Okay. So we started out with a uh, with a body in chapter one. I assume a deadline for death. We got to solve it, and then you move to uh, to a different kind of story, right?
2: I did. I think the next one I wrote was Tangled Threads. I went to the Museum of the New South and saw their exhibit from cotton fields to skyscrapers, and I was intrigued by the whole uh, Piedmont textile mill uh, story. I started to do some research, and the next thing I know, I'd written Tangled Threads, which is set in a, like, around... Little before 1900, Piedmont Cotton Mill Village, mythical again because I wanted to let my characters go down any street that I made up. Mm. Um, And it deals with the relationship between two uh, young girls, Ruth and uh, Ruth Ann, rather, and Delia, and the various paths that they take in life. Something happens early on that uh, changes their relationship to one of uh, being enemies to each other. Mm. Uh, and then years later, near the end of life, uh, the granddaughter comes and uh, to Delia in a nursing home and tells her she has to come back and confront her enemy. And that is about making peace at the end of your life with things you did earlier and secrets you've got. I also wanted to explore... The relationship between old and young. There aren't as many books as I'd like with really older characters. My character was 80 years old, uh, and so that was something else that interested me in that book.
0: Yeah, one one of the uh, young girls escapes the mill; another um, remains behind. And as you say, as time went on, their lives were sort of intertwined in sometimes unexpected and painful ways, uh, even fatal, you say. Um, and they have to return to their childhood home, and they're Stunned to find out about some of these secrets you say that have been hidden, right?
2: That's right. Yeah.
0: Okay, and then you got, you were so invested in this uh, period of time and this story that you wrote a sequel.
2: I did. There is a granddaughter, Kate, and I got to wondering what happened to Kate uh, after her uh, grandmother died. The granddaughter, did I say grandmother? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Let's try that again. Yeah. Yeah. There's a granddaughter, Kate, uh, and I got to wondering what happened to her after um, the grandmother died and what is her relationship with the main character, Delia, because Delia has a secret. And if Delia tells the secret, uh, Kate may not want to have anything else to do with her. But if Delia doesn't tell the secret, she's living a lie in her relationship and so that is sort of the focal point of the, of the book, to bring out the final secret between these people.
0: Yeah, and so then you write uh, a book called The Blue Car, and I'm looking at the cover of the book now. And it's, uh, yeah, the car's blue and it's a little blurry. It's kind of looking like it's going through uh, green, treed, side roads, maybe on a rural area. So tell us about The Blue Car.
2: The uh, Lucara said, uh, in Piedmont, North Carolina, it's about a 12-year-old girl, Sarah, who has to cope when her mother goes away to a mental institution. The father's largely absent. She has too much responsibility. And then something happens where she has a secret about someone in town, and she's faced with the choice of, does she make that secret public, even if people may not believe her? And even if it will harm her, or does she keep it a secret and maybe harm someone else, what's the right thing to do? Mm. It's about choices.
0: You start out, the sun shines brightly in a cloudless sky one day when a blue car pulls up to young Sarah's home and two men, aided by a father, hustle her mother away without a word, leaving her stunned and staring at them. Yeah. Kind of an inciting incident, right? <laughs> to start a book. <laughs> that, yeah. That's that's right. Yeah, yeah you got to start off that. Okay, now let's get to the to the book. You're going to do a little read from here in just a minute. Um, Bonds of Courage. You said that's based on a true story, of uh, that comes from your own family. Right.
2: Yes, my ancestors were kidnapped by Indians during the Revolutionary War, and were held captive for some years and released near the end of the war. Uh, when I was in my hometown, I went to the museum where the uh, several hundred-year-old German family Bible is and got in, interested in it. Then my husband, the novelist Dennis Kerrigan, uh, <laughs> you let's give you, a plug for you, his book. You don't,
0: you don't have to plug him. We're going to put him on another time. That's right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. Um, <clears throat> bought me a family history yeah. and— uh, I learned a lot more about what happened to those people, and I decided to write a novel about it. It is fictionalized, but I would say the main part about it is uh, the 12-year-old daughter is separated from her father and her mother, and we've got three characters each, not knowing what happened to the other and not knowing if the other people are alive or dead or what's happening to Mm -hmm. them, but all struggling to reunite.
0: And you've got a short read here, and just to set that up, I think this involves 12 year old Jane who is hiding in a spring house while uh, the Indians burn the family farmhouse. That's right. And, and you use that term, Indians, because that's the term that was used at the time. I mean, we say Native Americans now, but that's, this is historical fiction, right? So right. right So in that context, so take it away anytime you're ready.
2: Jane crouched in the spring house watching through a crack in the door. Her thoughts were muddled, as if her brain wasn't working right. The leader of the Indians touched a torch to the interior and roof of the farmhouse. Flames leapt forth, bright against the sullen sky. He turned and spotted the spring house, almost hidden behind the trees. Ah, he said, and headed toward it. The action broke Jane's paralysis, She looked around frantically, but there was no place to hide inside, and the Indian would see her if she went out the front door. She dove for the narrow opening under the logs through which the creek ran. The rocks bit into her stomach. Small as she was, it seemed for a moment as if she would become stuck. Mud and green slime coated her hands and face as she scrabbled in the wet muck. Frantic, she wriggled through, scraping her head on the top of the logs. Hoping the building would hide her flight, she pelted for the nearest thick bush, dove behind it, and sat motionless. The pounding of her heart seemed so loud, surely the Indian must hear it. She breathed shallowly, trying to make no sound. Don't let him see me, God, she prayed. Save my family. Please, 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 save my family. The smell of the burning house drifted to her on the breeze that rustled the bush where she crouched. Footsteps drew near. This, she thought, is how the rabbit must feel when the hawk soars overhead.
0: Yeah, that's a a striking image there. You're hiding. Uh, There's danger around. Um... But you feel like you might be caught. So. Right. Now, uh, did you have, um, was it interesting to kind of research that family history to kind of get back and find the facts of that time period?
2: It was extremely interesting. I research all my books very heavily because I think when people read historical novels, they want to enter a, an accurate world, even if the characters are not real and may be doing th- things that they never did in, in real life. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things I research. And the Internet has been a godsend to writers with that.
0: So very quickly, writing life a little bit, uh, do you uh, do you have a routine in your writing?
2: I usually write in the morning because I'm a morning person.
0: Are you disciplined with what you do? You said you do research and then you follow up. Yeah.
2: I, I am disciplined uh, in my writing. Uh, I will write for an hour, maybe an hour and a half, and then I'll stop. It's like... There's a well, and it has to fill up again. So I'll do something else, uh, Mm. something sort of mindless, Mm. and uh, my subconscious will be at work. And then I'll come back and uh, write some more. I also write only a few sentences at a time. I don't know where the story's going. I'll write, scene, Delia meets Kate. And that's all I know. And then I'll write it, and I'll find out what happened. I know what happened.
0: You you like going to the... Do you write uh, longhand or do you do it on a computer? Or oh, write? on a computer. It's made yeah.
2: writing so much easier. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Uh, and sometimes you find that when you're writing that uh, your writing takes you places that you didn't anticipate?
2: Oh, absolutely. Um, one of my favorite characters was One-Eye O'Rourke who uh, drives a a wagon and uh, is blind in one eye and tells all these weird stories to everybody about how it happened. And I didn't know he existed. Um, my character had to find a way to get out of town. And uh, she loved horses. So it turned out she went to the stable. I didn't know she was going to do that. And who was there but one I O'Rourke. And the Mm -hmm. next thing you know, I had his whole backstory.
0: That sounds like a character I'd like to find out more about. So how how has writing these books uh, influenced your life, made it richer?
2: Well, I think it's made it richer because any time you can tap, in, tap into your creative subconscious, it adds something to your life. It's made it richer because I've gotten to talk to a number of readers. I particularly uh, like talking to Charlotte book clubs. I have book club questions in the back of uh, all the books about the mystery. Uh, and so I meet people I wouldn't have met, and I get insight, whether I want it or not, on how my yep, books are yep. being received. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> And what do you hope that uh, readers get out of your books?
2: I hope that th- they enjoy my characters, that my characters seem real to them and that they think about the characters, the choices they made, why they made those those choices.
0: Mm. All right. Well, Sandy, um, thanks for getting under the covers with me today.
2: My pleasure.
0: Uh, you can find out more listeners about Sandy uh, at the show notes at com. Well, that's it for today another fine author giving voice to their written word.
1: Landis will be back next Friday getting under the covers with another interesting author.
0: But before then, coming on Tuesday, we'll have another long-form episode with readings and conversations about the written words and the writing life of a local or regional author.
1: Landis loves helping authors give voice to their written words, but he can't do
0: it alone. If you're inclined to help me help authors give voice to their written words, please consider becoming a member supporter.
1: We'd love to have you as a member.
0: And when you join at certain levels, we'll give you access to member-only content curated by the authors and me. Would
1: you like to hear more from the authors? Perhaps a variety of presentations on writing craft, or additional readings, or tips on marketing and social media.
0: Would you like some behind-the-scenes insights and reflections from me, or some edited content previous episodes without interruptions.
1: You can find out more about these member-only benefits and how to become a member supporter at charlottereaderspodcast.com.
0: Thank you for your support and thank you for listening. Until next week, I'm Landis Wade for Charlotte Readers Podcast.